Um, we're just going to ask a few questions for the next 20 minutes just about leadership. We've got people here uh, in all sorts of different walks of life and just um, would love to just hear from you guys a little bit uh, about um, just various aspects of leadership. So, Nikki, I wonder if I can start with you. Um, so many people talk about leadership this day, these days. It's sort of a bigger and bigger topic. Um, how would you personally define leadership? Uh, well, I think Pip said earlier, leadership is influence. I think that's uh, the best definition. I think John Maxwell says that. Um, and it's about, again, as Pip said earlier, it's about adding value. Um, I think that's what, um, yeah. And, and for, for you both, as you look at, at Jesus, um, how do you sort of, do, is there a model of leadership that Jesus gives us if we're followers of, of Jesus? Or what's your thoughts on that? Well, obviously, servant leadership. Uh, and I suppose you're, it's balancing all those things in life because Jesus was the ultimate leader in humility, and I'm sure everybody who is involved with leadership in any way, there must be a, a sort of balance of how you lead without being in any way sort of putting others down. But, uh, but Jesus had that wonderful way of leading by example, and in fact, going under people and picking them up and putting them in a higher place than himself. And I, I, I think that is that's the ultimate goal to aim for but I think we all struggle in whatever you know I don't think I definitely don't think of myself as a leader we just happen to be running a church in in the center of London but I I wouldn't call myself a leader in that and I you got Nikki well I think leadership's not an end in itself yeah I, I think you sometimes say people oh I want to be a leader what of I mean what what and I think that's why, you know, Sandy, Sandy, always, Sandy Miller, who is, in my view, the most outstanding leader I've ever come across, never considered himself a leader. Uh, because I think leadership's a byproduct of trying to do something. If you're trying to do something, I mean, I don't think Wilberforce said, I want to be a leader. Uh, he just said, I want to abolish the slave trade. And how did he do that? Well, he led, but I don't think he was trying to be a leader. I think he was just doing stuff that leaders do when they're trying to do something. And so I never try and be a leader. Try and do something with your life. And if you do something with your life, it may well involve you having to lead other people or encourage other people to get involved. But I don't think leadership is an end in itself. And for you, um, what you're, I mean, you have an ambition for something, whether it's Wilberforce, whether it's you with Alpha or running Holy Trinity Brompton. How does... How does being ambitious for something combined with being a servant leader? Well, ambition is simply the desire to succeed. And um, every Christian should be ambitious because Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So Jesus said, be ambitious. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So I think whatever it is that God calls you to do, you should be ambitious about fulfilling that calling. Thank you. Um, and Pippa, for you, and, and you, you shared a little bit there, but I know you, in some ways you've sort of been reluctant to be a leader. And, and, and as Holy Trinity Brompton's grown, um, so, so you've sort of been, had a bigger and bigger part sort of in terms of more upfront leadership. How, what's been your relationship with leadership and growing into that yourself? Well, as I was just saying, I've never thought of myself as a leader and I never thought that I would ever sort of lead the services, lead things with Nikki, sit, sit here with a, with a microphone. I'm not sure why I'm here at all. Um, but 
I think it was just over the years, the sense, again, of feeling we want to achieve something, we want to do something in our church. And I didn't grow up, I'm, I struggle at school, I'm dyslexic, I found sort of education quite hard, I didn't go to university. So I think I'd, I had completely discounted myself ever of being a leader in that sense, or at least someone who would stand up and communicate something that needs to be um, distilled. But I think it was just over the years things changed, and also people started speaking into my life, that expression speaking in. But I think people just started encouraging me. They saw things and said, come on, you know, I think you can do it, have a go. Nikki was always encouraging me to to do things. And I got to the stage really with wanting to give permission also to a lot of people in our church to say, if I can do it, you can do it. And it doesn't matter whether I do it well or badly, but if I'm doing it on a Sunday, it means that every woman in the congregation feels affirmed and know that they can equally lead on a Sunday and there's nothing that they can't do. So that's that's really one of the main reasons. Thank you. Um, for both of you, who, who are um, in the in the present or in the past? Who are leaders um, that you look up to in whatever sphere of society it might be that you particularly go? They're they're great leaders, and what is it about their leadership that you particularly admire? Gosh, do you want do you want to go first? You can go first, Pips. <laughs> I mean, uh, of recent leaders, I think I touched on it on the, the in the morning. Uh, Brian Stevenson. If you haven't read his book. Um, Just Mercy, I really recommend his book. I'm really inspired by him. I think he's um, an African-American human rights lawyer who has seen something that he needs to do and is going after it. And it's not for himself. There's no self-glory at all. It is because he sees a need and um, there are needs here in the UK just as much, but over there he works with people on death row, and particularly uh, he's managed to change the law uh, to stop children being incarcerated for life without parole. And um, he's always fighting for children underage against the death penalty, all sorts of things like, like that. He inspires me because he is somebody who's seen a need and given his life to it and not given up doing it. And I think that that I really admire. And so I think at the moment he's my number one hero. Thank you. How about you, Nikki? Sandy Miller, without a doubt, who was... uh, I had the privilege of being his curate for 19 years, probably the longest curacy on record. Um, But Sandy was an amazing, humble, gracious, loving compassionate, visionary leader. And people talk about Alpha, but actually Alpha came out of HCB. It wasn't Alpha that created HCB. It was HCB under Sandy's leadership that created Alpha. And Sandy should get the credit for Alpha. Um, And he's the one who changed the way in which uh, church is done, I think, certainly for us at HCB, he, he was the one who innovated, uh, who did things that were not considered possible when he started. Like, he, he realized that the church was not reaching young people, and it had to change. And he saw, he said, you know, my son does not wear a, he, he's talking like this is 30 years ago. He's saying, 
my son doesn't wear a suit for Sunday lunch. I used to wear a suit for Sunday lunch. Things have to change. You know, robes were, 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 you know, compulsory. In fact, until about a year ago, they were compulsory. But Sandy innovated. He could see that the Spirit, what the Holy Spirit, uh, the Spirit of the law was that we were to, the, the calling of the church was to reach people with the good news about Jesus and nothing should stand in the way of that. And he made the changes that were necessary to reach a young generation. The average age of people on Alpha in our church is 27. The church is still young because young people are coming in. And unless we do something to reach this generation, the church is in trouble because the average age of people in Church of England churches around the country is about 73. And if you do the maths, in 20 years' time, you know, there are not going to be that many left. So what are we going to do to reach all the young people who live around here, who live around us? We've got to do something. We've got to change. And Sandy had the courage to make the changes that were necessary, that were revolutionary at the time. And I think that's what leadership is about courage. You have to make courageous decisions and often face opposition, uh, but to step out and do what you feel God is calling you to do. And that's, that's what he did. And so I, I'm just so thankful to have had the privilege of, of seeing a really great leader at work. Thank you. And uh, you t- talked a bit about there, about when you're cor- courageous sometimes as opposition and things like that. How, how have you learned as a leader that, that when you have been courageous, and there are so many different ways that you have, uh, when there has been opposition, and it could be for all of us in any, any sphere, that actually we, we face opposition and we face conflict. How, what, what have you learned in terms of how to deal with conflict and opposition? Go on, Pip. It's your turn. I mean... <laughs> It's always hard. There are always battles and people are complex. We tried to do a a building project. Um, We wanted to develop one of our sites because it desperately needed it. And it was... We were... Anyway, we got turned down. Uh, I mean, we've been trying to do lots of things. We often get turned down. But it was interesting. Somebody said... uh, you have to remember when you're doing things in a church is that the people that are opposing you are actually in your parish. They really could be your congregation. They may not come. And I think your neighbours could be your 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 um, parishioners. Your, yes. Yeah, so, so therefore, you've got to do. You've got to treat people differently. As in the world, if you don't like something, you can just move on. Even in an office, if you, I mean, you probably have to pay them off, but you can fire someone. In a church, we are family. We are committed to one another for the rest of our lives. And that, and in heaven, eternity. So we've got to work out as best we can how we live together. And relationships are complex. People do criticize. I, I think... You've got to weigh the criticism, see if there's any truth. Usually there's a a tiny little something of truth in things. But either throw them off and just um, think that that they have no place and remember that Jesus also was persecuted. Or you have to admit that there's something in it and agree to change. But... there will always be opposition. There will always be criticism. And also you need your friends around you to keep cheering you on. Sandy always just said, say, the calling is divine. The relationships are human. Thank you. Um, um, what would you say to people who um, perhaps here uh, feel maybe 
uh, they've got dreams, they've got ambitions, um, but they feel miles away from those dreams and ambitions actually being fulfilled. Uh, feels like there's all sorts of blockages, all sorts of difficulties uh, of whatever that ambition is that they're excited to do to make it have an influence, to make a difference, but it feels like it's so far away. Uh, what would you say to those people? Just keep going. Keep going. You never know what will, what will happen. And there, the opportunities do come along and don't get discouraged along the way. And sometimes you have a vision for something and you only see it fulfilled so much later. But that doesn't mean that it isn't still there. And I think it's important to, to rekindle visions and not to think it's not possible or I'm, I can't go for that. If that was the, the dream you had and that was... The, the original vision, then I think just keep it alive, keep it, keep going, and that one day it will come into being. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Everything big starts small. I mean, babies, our, our children started off very small. They're now quite big. Um, and, uh, but it takes tall, time. Tall, um, not big. Um, you what? Tall, big sounds strange. <laughs> How would, you like, you. how would you like to describe them? They're a bit bigger than they were when they started anyway. Um, uh, so, yeah, and as it says, keep going. I think, I think the danger for uh, millennials are brilliant, as you know, wonderful, etc., etc. But um, there's a tendency now, I think, for people to expect things to happen very quickly. And if they don't happen very quickly, they get bored and move on. And I think... Um, you need long obedience in the same direction if you're going to achieve anything in life. Um, can I... Can I, the, in term, I wonder if you can just give a, an example or two for, from your own lives of... Um, the world will tend to say, if we are weak or we fail in something, then that's it, our influence is gone. Whereas the Bible talks a lot about strength in weakness, about we have this treasure in jars of clay. Uh, just for, for you guys, how actually, when you felt weak, actually how God has used you to have a greater influence for him? I generally feel weak, so that's okay, Jacob, most days <laughs> um, in doing things. I mean, all the time, just before the leadership conference. It's, because we do it at the Royal Albert Hall, it's a big thing. You invite all these people over, and Nikki and I host it together. And I have to say, I start not sleeping for a few days. You know, you, just the nervousness, the, is it going to come together? Is it going to be all right? Will I get up on stage and just say the wrong thing or forget? All to, and all these things are going on all the time. And then when something happens, and you know it's not you, it is just the most amazing thing how God brings something together and you see something beautiful. And, and you just know it, it, it's got nothing to do with with you personally because you've gone in weakness and in desperation and actually God usually comes through more strongly the more desperate you are and in those times you see the hand of God and that that's amazing I'm an introvert I'm uh, quite shy so I always find speaking in public difficult uh, so my life verse is God's power is made perfect in weakness um, and I just, I, I believe that when I'm weak, I'm strong. And I, Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, who was one of the great preachers, used to, as he walked up to the pulpit, as he would have done in those days, he would just say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And that's what you can do. You, know, you have to trust God. That's, we're just 
where, as you say, we have this treasure in, in jars of clay. And I think both of us always feel that. Um, just a couple, couple more questions. Um, as you look back on the last sort of few decades, um, you know, you are many, many people, as much as you might not like it, look up to you and think what amazing leaders you both are. Um, how would you say you have most grown? Um, ah, at, we've got some that's lights on. So good. I don't know, I don't know. There you are. You suddenly turn orange. Um, uh, um, uh, how would you say that you've most grown as um, leaders? Looking back, what are the main ways that actually? you have grown into leadership? Go, Pip. Well, I, I suppose it is stepping out and doing things that you never think. I think I always said that I would never, never speak, never do, do those things, never do things. up. So I think it's doing some of those things. Um, there's great entertainment going on here. Um, I think... It, I think the difficulties in life, knowing even through the hard times, whatever they are, with family, with friends, through sickness, through disappointment. I mean, we've had plenty of those, those things all the way along our lives. Great friend dying. You know, all these things that you, that you, you meet in life. I, I think it does grow you because... I, well, I think it's Bear Grylls says, whatever doesn't break you makes you stronger. And, and in a sense, of course, you carry scars through life. But it does, there is something greater that happens within as well. I think there is a richness. You see it in people who have suffered. There's something so, so beautiful often in people who've really gone through hard times. So I, don't, I think, um, I don't even know if I'm answering the question anymore. <laughs> How about Nothing you, to add, Pips. You did it beautifully. You're right. That's how. I mean, that's how we grow. We go through. Um, it's, it's there in the Bible, isn't it? I, I will all the more rejoice in the the suffering, the sufferings, because suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope, and hope doesn't disappoint us because God's love is poured into our hearts. Or, you know, James says, count it all joy when you go through various trials, knowing that you're the testing of your faith. That's, that's what it's about. That's, that's what produces uh, character. And um, so it, we hate it. Well, I hate it. I don't want to go through difficult times. But I know that that's, that's you know, all these analogies in Scripture. That you, that's how gold is made in the crucible, you know, the... Um, pruning that all, all these images are of of going through children parents disciplining children it's it's always you know it's the it's the difficult things that i don't like uh but that's the thing i think where you grow in, in the hard times um and there may be people here who are going through really tough times at the moment and um yeah, that that's really difficult, but that is the way in which, which on the whole, we grow. Thank you. Um, when as as when you have more influence, leadership is about influence. You've talked about. Um, you can end up being more busy because there's just more and more things that you have to do. There's more demands on your time. Um, how and 
please do speak as practically, because I'm sure many of us here feel too busy. However, however much influence we have in whatever sphere, um, there are times we feel too busy. How, how do you both decide what to say yes to and what to say no to? How do you decide how to prioritize things in your life? We say no to everything, unless the invitation comes from Jago Wynn. Thank you. <laughs> in which case, of course, we say yes. Do you so, want to speak next Sunday? So, um, <laughs> so actually, I mean, to be, I, I do actually say no to everything because I don't think, you know, I think in, we have to try and follow the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit leading us to do? And I don't think a good way to um, discern necessarily the voice of the Spirit is simply the invitations that you get. Um, so on principle, I just say no to everything. Um, and then I try to work out what is the Holy Spirit saying to us? What, what are we supposed to be doing with our time? Now, occasionally it may coincide with an invitation, but on the whole, you have to work out what is the Spirit saying? That's what I'm always doing every day of my life. You know? What's the Holy Spirit saying? What are, what are the things that we should be doing? That's why I start the day with the Bible in one year. Uh, I've done that for, well, I know you, Jager, you helped me enormously one year, uh, your contributions are, were invaluable. They really were. They were amazing. Um, and um, so that's how I start the day, expecting God to speak to me through the Bible. And then I go for a walk around Hyde Park. And that's the exact same walk every day, 45 minutes. Um, so I don't have to think about where I'm going. And I get distracted. I get more distracted though if I try and sit on a chair or whatever, kneel, I just fall asleep. So I walk, um, and I like the fact that, that you know, in, the, in the Bible, people walked with God. So I, I like to walk with God and try to pray and try to also hear his voice. What is, what is the Holy Spirit saying to me today? Um, and try and be guided by the Spirit. What, what are we trying to do? And then go through the diary and make choices, put the big things in first. So the really important things, like relationship with God, uh, that first part of the day, like marriage, uh, like children, grandchildren, like rest. I'm afraid I fail on that, but you know, I should have put more time in the diary for rest because that's a commandment. And then you put the big things in and then some of the other things that you're really, this is what we feel God's calling us to this year, particularly let's prioritize these things. One of the things I felt for this year was I wanted to see some of the churches that have been linked to us over the years. So last couple of weeks ago, we were in Derby. We've been in Norwich. We've been in Birmingham. We've been in Brighton. We've been in uh, Plymouth. Bournemouth, Plymouth. Um, seeing amazing things happening in all these churches because uh, that's a priority for this year to see that. So, so that's how we try and make, make the plans. And then... If, if you get enough things in the diary, then hopefully it's easier to say no because you can't do them. So uh, it's planning ahead. But I think the key thing in anything in life is to be led by the Spirit, to seek to be led by the Spirit. doesn't mean we always get it right. I've made many, many mistakes. Pips has alluded to that. Sometimes you think you're being led by the Spirit, but you're not. But you have to seek to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Thank you. And a final question then, just connected to that. For people out here, um, maybe there are sort of big decisions for them at the moment. Should I stick with what I'm doing here or should I maybe do, um, 
do this courageous step over here or try this job over here, whatever it might be. Um, how would you, are there any other things that you might say to them in terms of how they should keep in step with the spirit as they are making those decisions? Well, uh, um, the good old guidance talk on um, Alpha is quite, is the, the five CSs, which I'm sure you all know, which is commanding scripture. So you, you look at the Bible, um, compelling spirit, um, the Holy Spirit prompting you. There's counselor saying, so talk to, f- talk to friends who you trust, friends, family, whoever it would be that you trust. And people who won't just say, agree with you, but people who will challenge you and you, you know that they'll be honest with you. Um, common sense, is that something that would work? Is it practical to change jobs? All those things. And then the sort of circumstantial signs, which is sometimes you do get some extraordinary thing happening. At you, and it can't be the only reason for doing something, but sometimes it's, it is the right thing. And there's some things you don't need any specific guidance about. For example, if you are a member of Holy Trinity Clapham, I would say there are three things that God will definitely be asking you to do. Number one is to pray, to pray for this church. You know, think of all the prayers that have gone into this church over the last 200 years and um, what an impact this church has had. And your prayers make a real difference. But you can know that God is calling you to pray. Secondly, you can be absolutely sure that God is calling you to give, sacrificially, generously. Um, the, in the Old Testament, they used to give 10%, and the early church said, um, that's, that's not enough for us. We want to give more than they gave in the Old Testament. But that's something you can be absolutely sure that God is calling you to do, is to give generously to the work of this church, because it won't flourish unless you do. Third thing that you can be sure that God is guiding you to do is to serve. And uh, every one of you will have a role in this church. And if you play your role, if all of you play your role, this church will flourish like a body flourishes when all the parts are playing their part. So uh, I would encourage you to, to say, what, what is that? And as Pip says, to get, talk to your friends, seek a, but know, you can know for certain that God is calling you to serve. And if you do those three things, only those three things in your life, you will flourish as, a, as an individual and the church will flourish. And uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. I wonder if you might um, just pray for everyone here to, yeah. to finish, both, both of you, just to uh, pray for each person here, just in terms of our influence, wherever it is, big or small, um, that it can be an influence used rightly for Jesus. That'd be yeah. amazing. Why don't we stand? And I encourage you to receive. Um, you know, this is, there, it's just such a privilege to be here today. Um, and what an amazing history. All the vicars down the ages, what an amazing contribution they have all made. And I think we should pay tribute to Jago and Susanna for what they've done. And uh, it's, it's a great joy and privilege for us to be with you today. We look forward to seeing you all at Focus. We have a real sense about Focus this year. You know, I felt before the leadership conference, I felt God say that, that this year, the leadership conference and Focus were going to be the most amazing 
we're going to see an amazing outpouring of the Spirit at these two events. And I think we saw that. Those of you who are at the Leadership Conference will know that we saw that in an extraordinary way. And I think the same is going to be true of Focus. So I'm just excited that we're going to be there together. We'll have time again together as we've had today. And that's a wonderful privilege to be with all, all, all of you. Uh, so I'm just going to pray now that the Spirit of God will come and fill you um, and equip you and anoint you. So if you... Um, if you like, you, some of you may want to hold out your hands as a way of saying to God, Lord, come and fill me, equip me today. Lord, thank you so much for each person here who you have called and anointed and equipped. And I pray now that you will pour out your spirit on everyone here. The word I have is vision. I think some of you, it's like your eyes are being opened to realizing that God has a call for you, a vision for your life. And there's no greater vision than to be part of someone else's vision. And God has given to Jago such a great vision for this church. And the fact that you're behind that is an amazing, amazing blessing. God has a purpose for your life. And I think this verse is for someone here today who's going through a really tough time. You're facing some challenge that you just um, don't know how you're going to be able to cope. It could be a health challenge, financial challenge, a challenge at work, relationship challenge. And this is God's verse for you today. The Lord himself will go before you and be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. talked a little bit about dreams I sort of have a sense maybe there are people here who who have had dreams or aspirations or, or, or prayers but that you feel that you've forgotten or you've let slip away but I think God just wants to remind you again of that they, those dreams they're, they're the right thing they're the right thing they're still there bubbling away and that God will fulfill it and don't push it away but bring it back central again back into the center of your mind again and keep praying about it because the time may be right now it will be becoming the right time for you
And Lord, we pray that if there is somebody, somebody's people or someone or some people here today who have had those dreams deep within them, something that they've felt you calling them to before, pray that you would renew that afresh today, that you would pour out your spirit and encourage them that, that they can do it and that they that what you've spoken to them about in the past is something for them in the future. And Lord, would you remind them today to keep going? Thank you, Lord. I, I want to encourage you, if you're responding either to that or the word that I had, just to make your way to the front. And there's a team here who will pray for you. But if you'd like us to pray for you, just come up, come up here. This is a safe place. This is all friends, family. Um, and but you know sometimes it sometimes you receive directly from God but sometimes if someone lays hands on you and prays for you you can receive healing and the strength of the spirit so if that's you just make yeah just just come out to the front that's that's great that's just make your way to the front um And if you're part of the, the team here that prays for people, would you like to just um, come up and begin to uh, pray with people? This will be an important moment for each of these people who've come forward. This is a significant moment in their life, the fact that they've taken a step to come forward. And so if you are part of the team that prays for people, would you be kind to come and pray men, pray with men, women with women, and just... All you need to do, God, this is all you do when you pray. It's, it's, it's not us. God uses our hands. So as you lay hands on someone, the Spirit of God will use your hands to, uh, through you, uh, your, your, the Spirit of God will come and touch people so that as you pray, you don't even need to say anything necessary. All you need to pray is, come, come Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God, it's not a counseling session, not, you don't need to ask, you know, uh, do the whole interview, just, just lay hands on the person, and uh, if you've, even if you've never done this before, the Spirit of God will, will through your hands, uh, Jesus laid hands on people, and the Spirit of God came through him and healed them, and God can heal you today. God can bring healing to your body, to your mind, to your emotions. And if you're just, uh, if you're sitting there, if you've come with a friend and you want to pray for your friend, please feel free to do that. Uh, The Holy Spirit is not just at the front of the church, he's all round. But I encourage you to receive, the Spirit of God is here today. In a moment, uh, Jago is going to come and close the formal bit of our meeting, but um, uh, we're going to continue to pray for people here at the front. So if you would like prayer, please feel free to come to the front. Um, and uh, as I say again, thank you so much for having us here. We've loved our time with you. And we look forward to seeing you all in, on the Summerley Estate at Focus, the last week of July. In glorious sunshine like this, we're going to have an amazing week. And we look forward to seeing you then. God bless.